Good morning, listeners. Welcome back to the Under the Scope podcast where we discuss music. I'm your host, Will Brost, and joining me is the best co-host in all of the Landerson, Patrick Anderson. How are you? Wow, that was great. That's I feel ba- great now. That's bars. That's bars. That was, yeah, that was, that took me a minute to be like, wait, hang on a second, what's going on here? Yeah, well, I figured Landerson and Anderson is a pretty good rhyme, and um, I haven't heard yeah. it. I haven't heard and it yet. Both, and both are words, too. Exactly, that's a big part of it. And, <laughs> you know, it's just two words that definitely exist, and I didn't even realize they rhymed until just now. So a little off the top freestyle coming from me. Yeah, um, this is maybe the best uh Maybe the best bars that we're going to talk about on this podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh, um, that's exciting! <laughs> I love, I love, like we don't even get into the J Cole section of the podcast, and you're already throwing out. Oh, I love it! So yeah, we're talking about uh, J Cole, uh, Saint Vincent, and the Black Keys today. Um, where would you like to begin? Let's. I mean, let's just start with J. Cole. We're already on the topic. We may as well go in on it. You know what? Fair point. <laughs> uh, J. Cole, The Off Season, um, is his new album here. So J. Cole is a rapper, singer, songwriter, producer, basketball player from Fayetteville, mm. North Carolina. Actually, I believe the basketball player career is already over. So I think he only played a couple of games, but I think it's was. <laughs> so that, that's that we on can, that. <laughs> we can throw a was in there now. Yeah, for for, former basketball player Jay Cole is also a rapper. Yeah. Um, the Off Season is his sixth album, which makes me feel old because I remember anticipating his debut record back in the day. Uh, yeah. The off-season currently has a Metacritic rating of 75 out of 100. Uh, Patrick, how did you feel about this one? And I think I kind of (laughs) know, given your intro. You couldn't wait to get that diss out, Um, but yes. I mean, it was was a necessary diss. I actually don't, like, hate this album at all. I don't either. Um, It's just kind of hilarious in a lot of ways that I expected and didn't expect it to be um it's you know it's j cole so i i'm not the biggest fan of j cole i don't i don't think you really are that much either i think that you know maybe you have more positive things to say about him in general than i do but um i was kind of surprised at how much i liked certain tracks on this um and i was sort of surprised in that some of the like beat selections and like the energy that was brought on this but you know other than that i kind of got exactly what i expected which was like quite a few uh like just what the hell are these lines (laughs) and then um and then a lot of like waxing poetic about j cole's life and you know spreading like or or like talking about uh social issues to some level of depth and poignancy but not really like to the level that i think that j cole gets credit for a lot of time i'm also trying not to come in here and and be like oh j cole is not as good as his fans make him up to be therefore i got to be harsher on him Mm. um 
But, I mean, it is kind of a thing where I think he gets a little bit, like, hyped up too much. I think that's more or less where I'm at. Like, your assessment on how I feel about J. Cole is pretty spot on. Like, I've always thought he's been somewhere between all right and good, uh, but I never quite understood the hype. Like, I bought Mm -hmm. uh, Sideline Story and Born Sinner on CD back in the day, back when I was buying CDs, but uh, even then I thought they were just, they were fine, and... Most of his albums, I think, are fine, and this record is fine. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I said, or I was thinking at one point, I was like, this. Certain parts of this just sound literally like he made this for a two K game. Like that, that's <laughs> that's where I'm at with this, and generally, I don't want to listen to a full album of that kind of stuff. So this is a f- former basketball player, J. Cole, right? Yeah, right, exactly. It makes sense now. And he has plenty of, I actually wrote out a bunch of these. He has plenty of basketball mm-hmm. references on this album. Uh, he references uh, LeBron James, Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook, John Morant, Dennis Smith Jr., which is, I had to look it up. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is apparently from <laughs> Fayetteville, North Carolina, as is J. Cole. I was like, wait, he's... <laughs> no hate, but he's got to be one of the worst basketball players ever shouted out on a rap album. Um, I was going to say, my basketball knowledge has started kind of like I'm, I'm the new guys that have come in over the past few years. I'm starting to be like, I'm not sure who they are, even like bigger <laughs> names. But even then, I was like, this dude does not see. <laughs> and so ultimately, uh, these basketball references. Um, it's exactly what you said. I think the ultimate environment for this album is in the background as you're playing 2K. Like that's probably the ideal setting uh, to listen to this record. Um, yeah, and you know, which is fine, but you know, it's not. Gonna, <laughs> it's not, not really ful- not a very fulfilling. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if I if project. I'm, right, if I'm describing the best scenario to listen to this album is like background music that's not i mean that's a kind of a damning thing to say about an album um yeah if it's not already like ambient music to begin with right right yeah and that which is not the purpose of this record and so i yeah what if we just relabeled this as an ambient record then does it do its job <laughs> well it says um J. Cole releases his first ambient record. I mean, some of these beats are so generic that <laughs> right. they may as That's well. That's a good point. Um, you know, and I don't want to completely do the, like, oh, well, J. Cole is overrated thing, but um, I think part of the reason why he gets so much hype is that of the top 10 or 15 or whatever most popular rappers right now, He's probably the best lyricist. I mean, even if we're going to nitpick some of these lines in a few minutes. But, you know, he's a better lyricist than most of the hip-hop artists I hear on the radio. You know, he's like, he's a better lyricist than Drake, I think. Um, so he's, I think he's solid. But when I compare him to some of the other lyricists, yeah. I, you know, sorry, I should have... The bar for that also, in general, is like... I know it's kind of like a classic thing, but the bar for that in general is not that high. Or like, exactly. aesthetic is a lot more in the 
a lot more valued right now than the lyrics, which is totally fine by me. But Right, and that's exactly the point, is that I think he gets hyped because he's, like, the good lyricist among popular rappers. But, again, like, most of the rappers I listen to are far better lyricists than J. Cole is, so that's why I don't really see the hype. Um, yeah. I, I forgot to add a huge Kendrick Lamar disclaimer, like, if he's, it's been like four years since Kendrick yeah. released an album, so I, I assume he's still very popular, but if he is, uh, he's definitely much better than J. Cole. Anyway, um, yeah. this album, I, I don't have a lot of lyrics that stand out in a good way. I don't have a lot of lyrics that stand out in a bad way either, although I'm excited to get to that. Um, mm. But ultimately, my biggest takeaway here is that it's just, I think this is a pretty plain, generic, standard hip-hop record. Um from the instrumentals to the flows to the lyrics, it's just standard. And um, because of that, we yeah. have been, we haven't been podcasting for two months, and so I was I was ready to just you know yeah. talk my ass off. Uh, but like this, we're leading with an album that I don't have much to say about. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, yeah. We, <laughs> this was an interesting one to come back into, definitely, because I I was it a while for me to like um just kind of sitting down and really critically analyzing like some records mm -hmm. so like so <laughs> to sit down with this j cole record was kind of like oh this is how boring it can be sometimes <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes you're just getting to the point where you're trying to get through an album mm -hmm. um and i kind of felt that to some extent on here like by the end of it i didn't really want to analyze it anymore because i was like you know it's repeating the same exact things that i had complained about before which was just like you know the some of the the beat selection is bland the delivery is kind of generic the lyrics are like kind of all over the place but they don't really send home any message that i take away um, so like, yeah, I, I will say though, I mean, there were moments on here that surprised me. I really thought that song let go my hand was a pretty interesting, um, it's probably my favorite song on here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, th I thought it was really cool. And I thought the imagery of his son telling him let go of his hand and then J Cole reflecting on like you know, what that means in context with him being teaching his son how to be a man and things like that, like, um, and being a father, like what all that means. Um, and then reflecting on his own, like attachment issues and like him growing up and being bullied. I thought that was interesting. I'm going to use this as an example for a complaint that I had throughout the rest of the album too. <laughs> um, he, he starts off with that. But then he goes right into being like, and I gotta tell my son that he better not be a wimp because uh -huh. all of these kids are gonna pick on him and life's hard. And like, I'm like, oh my god, dude! Like, yeah. he comes he comes in with so much of this kind of like toxic um, mentality of like, if you're not facing up to all of your problems and all of your demons like all the time you know, at any given moment, you're, you're a loser. You're not doing it right. You're not living your life right. Which is like, 
it, 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 it's very off-putting. It, it I was, do not like <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because I kind of felt the same. And, you know, I like this song a lot because, um, I guess, compared to the rest of the record, because I like that there's like a throwback jazz rap style to it. Very mellow voice. It's smooth. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's exactly, you know, he's very vulnerable at the beginning. And he's talking about, I was never really the toughest person growing up. And anytime I was tough, it was just a front you know, and like, I thought that was pretty cool that he brought yeah. that up. And then he's like, well, my son's not going to be a bitch. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. It was like, so it, it just so like, it's so shocking because you can see that there's this depth of, uh, insight he has into a lot of these vulnerable feelings and he's willing to talk about them in a way that I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but then he just kind of goes, and flips it around, you kind of see him like project it in his own lyrics, like yeah. Oh, but that's not going to be my son. Like he's not, and like <laughs> I'm kind of like he's he's like uh, contradicting himself blatantly on a lot of these tracks, and it's so weird to like hear him say this in a song and not think like, did he not read his lyrics back to himself and think like, wait. A minute, like, <laughs> Like, the self-awareness, the lack of self-awareness on some of these lyrics is, like, kind of baffling to me. It's weird because, like, a lot of these lyrics, and this is, like, a personal record, and that's something I've always, I guess, respected about J. Cole or enjoyed, mm-hmm. is that he is willing to get personal and vulnerable, but... Yeah, I like the fact that he can go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he certainly can go there, and so half of the lyrics are... I don't want to say half, but, you know, some of the lyrics are actually pretty introspective, and I, you know, I actually, oh, you know what, fair, I'm I'm glad you shared that. And then some of the lyrics are these sort of, you know, um, like, Nike slogan type bars. (laughs) And so I'm just like, uh, I I don't know. Instagram captions. Yeah, I don't know. It sort of throws me off. Uh, You know, there's not a super consistent tone lyrically on this album. Um, Yeah. I will say, I thought on, on the Let Go, my hand real quick uh i thought you were going to reference this like he weirdly references his own beef with diddy and then diddy shows up at the end of the track (laughs) yeah like what is happening (laughs) yeah there's so many choices like that that are so bizarre like so bizarre like he has cameron on the intro just talking (laughs) not even rapping just saying stuff it's hilarious. Some of this Which album is honestly, hilarious. Honestly, it's probably the best way to utilize Cameron, to be fair. Like, <laughs> at, at this point in his career, yeah. But I did not expect the first word to hear on this album was killa. I'm like, what? Yeah, that, yeah. That that is a really good point. There's a lot of choices on here that are like, wait, what is happening right now? Are there any other songs you liked? Uh, <laughs> I guess specifically liked. Oh, I thought the climb back was uh, the song after like oh my hand or no the after uh, there is an interlude. Like a, there's an interlude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, as far as I'm concerned, the next song because like the character <laughs> about that interlude. <laughs> um, I thought that the beat on that uh, was really cool. I do too. I, um, again, one of my favorites. I think we're sort of in sync on a, some, our taste here. But yeah, that, that honestly kind of makes sense. I figured that we would be on the similar page with this one. Yeah, I, I thought the beat on that was really cool. I really like the dreamlike, uh, like a or descending kind of piano and everything. 
Um, I really like how it's structured. It's 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 cool. The delivery from J. Cole is is really good on that one. <laughs> He's got the freaking uh, gopher lyrics though. That's <laughs> Oh, I go for mines. Oh, yeah, I God. sleep in the underground like a gopher, so I go for mines. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just, like, spectacular. Oh, like, God. just as I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. Oh, God, and he's got the freaking uh, PC, uh, PC culture, cancel culture uh-huh. uh, lyric on here, too, that uh, is just like, oh, my God. Yeah, um, he's, yeah, that's... Something about, I forget exactly, but it was like one phone call and you'll get canceled like a homophobe in this PC culture or something. Yeah, also like not the right example to use for like yeah. people that shouldn't be canceled. They're trying like, to cancel these homophobes, what? Not on my yeah, watch. Can you believe it? Can't say anything <laughs> these days. Anytime I hear this PC culture, I know <laughs> it's just bad. Yeah. <laughs> like Something bad's coming after that. Yeah, I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, maybe I didn't hear that right. I'm going to look on Genius. And like, nope, it's exactly what I thought it was. How do you feel about the lyric on this song? Um, I actually, I don't know if this is good or bad, so I wanted to reach out for you for final confirmation. Um, he says, you'll see how I flipped, like, exclamation oh. points. Because the I... <laughs> I don't know if it's actually clever or not. I, I it's also like I don't I that, that was the lyric I was looking at too. I was trying to decide the same thing. <laughs> I also don't understand what it's supposed to mean. Like it, it's, it's especially in in context with the uh, the lyric before it, which check out my projects like them workers that section eight appoints, which <laughs> is kind of an interesting lyric. And then they just I flip like exclamation points. And I'm like, what is going on here? Like, <laughs> it doesn't. It, it's there, this is a thing uh, that I think has frustrated me in the past with J. Cole too, which is like he's got really interesting ideas for like how to throw out like socially conscious like quick bites, mm-hmm. you know, like little sound bites and stuff. But the, but it sounds like he's more focused on the sound bite aspect of it than the mm-hmm. actual like content that it's representing you know what i mean yeah, so I whenever like he says something about like um section 8 housing and like and in uses a clever like tie into like his projects and stuff like that and then he does the i flip like exclamation points it just kind of like waters down whatever it was whatever meaning that was before um so yeah, I don't know. It, it's kind of like I could see him trying, but it's kind of like laughable at some points. Yeah, like there's a lyric on the opening song that's like a a commentary, I guess, on you know the uh, re- relationship with the police. But it's delivered mm-hmm. in like this corny punchline way that it it any sort of commentary loses uh, impact. Uh, he says, uh, "Crispy cream dream." Sometimes my dogs want to kill twelve, and I'm just like. Yeah. It's commentary, but I now I think it's just hilariously bad, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's like, Ugh. and for the most part, I agree with, like, the commentary that he's trying to point out. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, I mean, some of it, no. But, like, yeah, so, like, like the PC culture. Stuff, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just, I, it, you're completely right. He tries to throw in these punchline lyrics that just kind of make whatever depth that I was <laughs> wanting to give to him. Um, it's just like kind of ruined by it. Uh, one one other thing, really quick, I wanted to talk about too is like I mentioned that like there's this hypocritical thing on like let go of my hand of like the emotional uh, vulnerability. He's kind of hypocritical in his lyrics. In that, mm-hmm. he's also uh, more prominently on this very hypocritical about like his um, rapping about like rapping about how craft and your own personal story and like art just truth like truth in art and it is like the real stuff that's what you should be striving for i I love where you're going with this this is great yeah this is great and money and fame and uh you know clout and all this stuff is like passive which you know generally i agree with that stuff's ephemeral and like what you have is kind of like in the moment right the things that you do for yourself are generally more true there's nothing wrong with chasing fame though either i Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's an issue at all but like if he doesn't really go into that past just saying it and he immediately contradicts himself even on the same song like applying pressure is like the best example of this because he literally says, like, uh, I didn't write down the full lyric, but it's like, why don't you rap about being a broke rapper? Because that's a perspective I respect. Mm-hmm. Like, something like that. Yeah. And and then immediately, <laughs> it goes in, like, two lines later, starts rapping about how wealthy he is and how you can't clown on him because he's a millionaire and, like, if you're broke, yeah, that's right. If you're broke and clowning on a millionaire, then you're in the wrong. Like, yeah. So, like, no, that's fantastic. And then two songs later, uh, the song is called "100 Mil." You know, it's all about him having mm-hmm. a boatload of money. So I don't know. It's it's very weird. And then "Pride is the Devil" follows after that. So I I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's it's very conflicted. <laughs> but that's a great a great point you brought up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's the thing. Like, it's just. I see this kind of thing with J. Cole where he's he's willing to um, go to the vulnerable and go to the commentary on fame and things like that. And generally those are two things that I really like and I respect that he wants to talk about them. But in both of those situations, he's contradicting himself pretty egregiously. So I'm like, I can't really take him ser- his perspective very seriously. Yeah, I don't know if J. Cole wants to be... I mean, he's trying to be both, like, Kendrick and Drake. And I, I you know... Uh, the thing is, too, it's like... It, it, if There's nothing wrong with, like, owning your fame, owning your money, and, like, kind of... I mean, oh, yeah, and, 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 and and just making a whole style out of that. I mean, that's... that's Drake is kind of... Yeah done that kanye literally made my bill for dark twisted fantasy basically around that it's jay-z's bread and butter he's one of my favorite rappers ever yeah you know like that's there's yeah, nothing wrong that, with that but hip-hop hip-hop has done that better than like any genre of music mm-hmm. like shown like the beauty of fame and wealth and things like that i mean obviously there's a hugely dark side to all of that stuff right 
which you know I think is I, I think is generally a little more interesting. But there can be interesting stuff with the fame stuff too. So I just don't get like you can't really have your cake and eat it too in this way. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's that's just commit. Exactly right. You know, like <laughs> that's in that. Yeah, ultimately, this album I think is all over the place because he doesn't really commit, and so that's something frustrating oh uh, one thing i did want to bring up before we kind of switch over to final thoughts is how do you feel about these track titles <laughs> with the all lowercase hey, this spaces be between my, them yeah oh. with the, yeah the period in between this might be my least favorite uh look that i've that i've seen because it's also a thing like whenever you type it out since you got the spaces in between and like the periods and stuff it'll like push some of the words into the next line <laughs> and then it'll capitalize automatically oh, yes. like the first word or the first letter of the it's like so irritating i like i i have my notes on my mac and um i tried actually <laughs> typing yeah. up this and it just it wasn't happening so i just typed them out like regular <laughs> words yeah, same here i, I <laughs> I started to do that at first too, and then like I did it on the first track, and I was like, "No, I'm not doing this." <laughs> I think I was the same way. I got one track through, and I'm like, "All right, you know what?" <laughs> so I don't, I don't understand the. Uh, if there's an artistic decision there, I would love to hear it, but um, I'm not sure. It's, yeah, I think it's another. It's another instance of J. Cole like trying to be profound in a way that's totally unnecessary and honestly ends up being kind of annoying. (laughs) Well put. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, kind of wrap my thoughts up here. Um, This album's okay. I think it's average. Um, There isn't a ton of hype to this album that I've seen. I think even uh, some J. Cole fans have more or less said that this isn't necessarily his best work, but, and I agree with that. That's harsh criticism. From Jay Cole. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, most of these songs are fine. There's a couple I like, and we've gone over those. There's a couple like Amari that I just find obnoxious. Um, the, the hook's when some of these songs are these no hook rappy rap type songs and some of these songs are the more melodic uh, commercial appeal type songs with hooks those don't really work for me and the rapidy rap style tracks are inconsistent um this is a a five out of ten for me just right down the middle whatever i'll probably never (laughs) go out of my way to listen to this again uh unless i'm playing 2k yeah, yeah, exactly. This would be great with 2K. It'd be oh, fantastic. Yeah, if this was I like... Don't have to, I don't have to listen to the lyrics. I don't, I don't have to, like, <laughs> think about it at all. Like, and I can just play an outdated <laughs> in basketball game. <laughs> you know, this is actually... This, this will go into my final thoughts, too. Okay. This is actually a pretty good metaphor, because... Like uh, Here we go. like J. Cole, <laughs> 2K was once a very fun yes. franchise, basketball franchise, and had a lot of potential and a lot of promise, and there were other franchises out there that were 
just as good and some were better, but 2K stuck with it and they ended up becoming one of the best. And then it all just went downhill and they <laughs> fleshed out the same formula time after time. And now we got the new 2K, which is like has some interesting ideas in it, but like ultimately is very boring, very bland. And I ended up stopping playing it, That's... stopped playing it after like just a few. Well, I, I went for a little while, but yeah, uh, just a, just a few hours in comparison with other ones that's that's exactly how i feel about the cool album. <laughs> 2k catching strays from you this is i love this take this is fantastic doing a, doing a 2k review on this too <laughs> yeah this this album is exactly that it's just like there's some interesting ideas on here but like ultimately i'm like i i don't care if i never listen to this album again really yeah and I, you know, I'm not mad that I heard it, but it's just kind of like, eh, I could forget this one and not be sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm, I'll, I'll join you there on five out of ten also. Okay. Uh, I, I consider it a four because of the line uh, nines showing like they're in their second trimesters. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. But ultimately, I'm I'm sticking with a five out of ten here. Uh, I'm going to okay. give him a pass. You know, that. I might go four. <laughs> <laughs> After that, you know what? Why not? Uh, no. You know what? The, you know what it is. It's uh, it's it's on site when I see you working at Squarespace. <laughs> Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Just oh my gosh! So. Anyway, yeah, it's no, <laughs> it's like, not a very good album. It, yeah, so that's a, I mean, that's a five out of ten combined from us. It's just meh. But if we yeah. rated albums according to their two K, you know, uh, <laughs> it's probably the best album we're talking about today, as far as two K albums are considered. So take that for what you will. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, there's only one other one that I would consider a good two <laughs> K album. <laughs> Um. Okay. Uh. So, where are we going next? Then we'll talk about the next two K <laughs> No, no, no. I I can't do that. I can't. I can't go two in a row with this. Uh, we'll we'll go with the St. Vincent one. Okay. All right. So, uh, Daddy's Home, and that's the name of the St. Vincent record. That's not <laughs> Jay Cole stand seeing that there's a new album out. <laughs> So oh, I thought that was you just just letting everybody know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, my dad's here. I got to cut the pod short. Um, no, so uh, yeah, Daddy's Home by Saint Vincent. Uh, Saint Vincent Annie Clark is a musician, singer, songwriter, producer, multi instrumentalist, former basketball player. Maybe, maybe in like a <laughs> rec league or something. Um, she works in. We need, to, we need to make sure we put that in on each artist. <laughs> Whether they are or are not a former basketball player, uh, and to what degree they played, um, professionally, amateur, church league, any of that. I could see Annie Clark playing some basketball at some point. I'm sure she has. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so she uh, takes on various forms of pop and rock music. Um, her new album, Daddy's Home, uh, mostly takes on a soft rock, glam, psychedelic direction, uh, is one way to describe it. She described it as a glamour that hasn't slept for three days, which I felt was pretty apt. It's her sixth studio album, just like J. Cole, another sixth studio album we're discussing today. 
and it currently has a Metacritic rating of 86 out of 100. Patrick, do you feel as highly about Daddy's Home? Uh, not quite. Okay. But I do think it's it's really cool. Yeah, like, <laughs> ultimately the, uh, like, cool is great because there's always an aesthetic to any St. Vincent record. And it's always a drastically different aesthetic than what she's done in the past. And it always works. Like, no matter what direction she goes in. I Well, I, I'm like a St. Vincent stan, I suppose. So uh, mm-hmm. take that for what you will. But, um, yeah, yeah, she just committed hard to this 70s throwback, glamorous aesthetic. And uh, I, in my opinion, like, passed with flying colors. I love this album. Oh, nice. I was... I was thinking that you would love it yeah um, but i was also like i, I didn't know um it, it, it has enough of this like kind of strange conceptual nature to it that i could see there also being complaints um from you but yeah i'm glad that you really like it i thought that i i like the concept and the uh execution for the most part quite a bit on this um there's just like some there's like some complaints that i just have like mostly with like melodic choices and like Mm. a lot of repetitive phrases and stuff like that that i think can get a little bit um not irritating but just kind of like i i get kind of impatient i think at some points Mm. on this on this record i'm just waiting for something to change and something to happen and as soon as i start getting a little bit frustrated though instrumentation kind of kicks in again on the back half of the song some new idea gets thrown in and i'm like oh like i can breathe again so i will say like it's there's slight negatives to like it's generally like the beginning half of the track Hmm. um that i'm like that i'm starting that i'm i start to get kind of like okay okay come on and then but as soon as like a change comes into a track i'm generally left like feeling really satisfied so okay um and there are quite a few tracks on here that like front to back i'm like oh this is an awesome track um but yeah and i'm generally kind of like uh I'm saved by the end of each track, but it's not perfect. That, I'll, I'll say that. That's interesting. No, I, I, I like that take. Um, <laughs> to me, the, the strange part about this record is just, um, I guess, how it's sort of arranged. Uh, I guess sequenced is the word I'm looking for. But the mm-hmm. opening track, which is one of my least favorite songs on the entire record, is the opening track. Um, so if you're like, yeah. oh, well, Will really love this album, I'm going to listen to it, and then you press play on track one, and <laughs> you're like, wait, what? Uh, I think it gets better from there. But it's a very wonky, glamorous, uh, David Bowie-esque song, I would mm-hmm. describe it as. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Like, the vocal performance is insane on this song. And it's cool. Like, this song's growing mm-hmm. on me. But then the next, like, few tracks... Uh, are centered around sitar and steel guitar as instruments. So it's like kind of a radically different sound. And then by the time you get to the end of the record, um, there's like some Joni Mitchell going on. Uh, the last 
song the last full song is like less than two minutes long and then there's like a 30 second interlude afterward so i i'm just a little confused and puzzled as to some of the choices that were made um but i generally love most of this record um i think this album gets better with every listen Uh, thursday at 10 o'clock her tickets go on sale and i intend to buy one like Mm -hmm. asap uh so this album's in the tier of I'm going out of my way to book a calendar <laughs> phone reminder uh, to buy a ticket to her show. So, oh, nice. Yeah, so I, I think this is pretty good. Uh, what were some of the songs I guess yeah. you liked, or at least one of them? Because there's so many different directions on here. I, I'm curious as to like which mm-hmm. uh, kind of style worked the best for you. Well, the <laughs> first off, like... I wanted to point out the interludes on this. Yeah, I yeah. think are really, really cool. Oh, okay. I think they're fine. You know you know? That, yeah, I think this is generally how me and you go with interludes. <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm, I'm a big interlude guy. Like if they're executed well, I, I they become some of my favorite parts of the album. Hmm. Um, but I, I honestly wish that. I had a little bit more of the style that she uses in the interludes with this kind of like um, 50s doo-wop kind of like Hmm. Roy Orbison type of uh, washed out sound. It's really cool and it adds a lot of like texture and um, concept to the rest of the sound. I think it ties things in together really nicely because otherwise this album's like all over the map sonically. Like, even though I I would agree with you that it's mostly kind of set in, like, that late 60s, 70s, like, uh, kind of, like, pop rock style. Mm-hmm. Pop punk rock, I guess. Um, it's kind of, it kind of just goes all over the place. I mean, there's, like, um, Live in the Dream is an example of one of my favorite tracks on yeah. here. It's just beautiful oh yeah Uh, and it's straight up like here come the sun king type of vibes yeah i was thinking like dark side of the moon or something but it's it's yeah incredible it's ascending meme you know it's it's great yeah just yeah it's really really gorgeous um melting of the sun i think is pretty cool um but that you know that's an example of something that's just like way groovier and like a lot more you know a lot more uh, bouncy, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and just kind of goes into a different era, like a whole different genre, different era of stuff. Like she does a good job of of exploring this like glamorous world of uh, just beautiful sounds, but I'm kind of confused as to how I'm actually supposed to feel by the end of the album. I think. I think I'm. Yeah, yeah I think I'm uh, equally confused, but. Um... I don't know. It's weird because, like, I don't think this is a very, like, I I don't know if this is cohesive or not. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I'm a little perplexed by it. And uh, But ultimately, the songs, I think, just individually are so good for the most part that it ends up not mm-hmm. mattering too much for me. Um, I was going to say, most of the tracks on here, I, I have something really good to say some of them i'm like oh there's some you know moments that i don't 
like the melodies and stuff and i'm like a little bit like eh, on but like generally by the end of it i'm like really feeling positive about it so okay, good. yeah 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 i um yeah. i i just i'm i love saint vincent i i love pretty much everything she does but i was a little worried because while mass seduction did make my top 50 list in 2017 i believe um it was my least favorite record of hers to that point uh, and mm-hmm. so I was wondering, is she going to continue to go further in this sort of electropop, uh, highly Jack Antonoff direction? And so when I noticed that Jack Antonoff was one of the main producers on this album, I was a little worried going in. But this sound is so drastically different from Mass Seduction that uh, even I think fans who have maybe been turned off far more than I was with her last album can you know, rest assured, this album is a far different direction than that record, and a far different direction than what she's ever done previously, with the exception of a few tracks and a few sort of vocal uh, decisions that reminded me of early, like, traditional St. Vincent, like Marry Me or Actor. Um, And so I really liked those moments. So if anything, if there's anything... Uh, calling back to her previous work, she's going about a decade old at this point. And I think that's really nice and really refreshing mm-hmm. for an artist that normally kind of um, ditches a style once she's done with an album. Um, yeah, that's a cool. That's a cool perspective to have on it. Yeah, she's really good at like reinventing herself, even if she's um, utilizing a lot of similar sounds that she has in the past. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good example of like um, an artist that well honestly just a, a successful like professional artist yeah someone yeah. like takes growth and really like doesn't like forget about like sounds and concepts that they've had before but turns them into something new and exciting like each time yeah I I, I like that yeah it's like. Radiohead or or Kanye or whoever, you know, she's kind of on that level of sort of reinventing mm-hmm. herself. And, you know, I just, she's one of my favorite artists of the past decade plus for that reason. And um, I just, it also happens that I think uh, every style she's happened to choose has totally worked for me uh, for the most part. Um, one thing I kind of wanted to point out on this album too that uh, really kind of separates it from other records I've heard this year is I particularly love much of the messaging and content uh, like uh, subject matter on this record i think it's fantastic i guess maybe the standout in this regard was the song my baby wants a baby um yeah it's this song about you know uh, her her uh, partner wants a child but she doesn't and so it kind of goes into this societal pressure this expectation of women to have children um you know just kind of leave whatever whatever you want to do with your life, kind of put that behind. You're a woman, you're supposed to have a child, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said uh, in an interview, she, you know, she said, how do you have a child who doesn't inherit all of your worst qualities or your mistakes? And I was like, that's brutally honest. And I, I loved it. Yeah. And I absolutely adore the message of this song. Um, and another one that kind of stood out to me on the message front was the melting of the sun that you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. which not only has one of the most memorable melodies, uh, in my opinion, on this record, but it's a tribute to 
like strong women in the entertainment industry over the years. Uh, so she like shouted out Joni Mitchell on this song, uh, Nina Simone. Um, one of her lyrics, uh, my Marilyn shot her heroin. Hell, she said it's better than abuse. Um, I don't know. I really liked this sort of like empowerment song, just kind of a tribute to all of these <laughs> artists that have clearly influenced the sound of this album. Uh, and I, I thought that was really neat. And I could keep going with pretty much every song on here uh, from a content perspective. I think she just nailed that aspect. Yeah, her songwriting is in general like really, really interesting and uh, generally like really poignant and thought-provoking too. But yeah, I, I thought My Baby Wants a Baby is one of the best tracks on here. Um, I thought that and Somebody Like Me... Yeah, yes. Are both like really interesting uh, views on love and relationships, and uh, and then you know, with my baby wants a baby, like the context of like bringing in another life um, and one that reflects all of your best qualities, but kind of focuses more on like the bad qualities, the things that you don't don't want to pass on or you know still have to deal with yourself or whatever she's really good about like painting this idea of like um like she's never saying that like having children or being like in love or in a relationship or something like that is a bad thing right but she's clearly pointing out like the downsides to or like why, you know, like just, yeah, yeah, I guess pointing out like either the downsides or just like taking on a more truthful approach to like what you have to face up to um, when you're taking on these kind of things. And she has a quote on somebody like me that I thought was really cool, um, which, where she said, love is a mutually agreed upon delusion, mm -hmm. which is to me very poetic and very romantic. Uh, and she says, we're going to build this idea of who we are and what we are together. And then she said, but I think as a person who peddles delusion, that's romance to me. Which is like, you know, when, when, when you're hearing love is a mutually agreed upon delusion, it's like at first like, oh, geez, like, yeah, <laughs> that's a pretty intense like perspective. But honestly, makes sense in a lot of ways when you think about it, because, you know, love is such an abstract, weird thing. Um, and then, you know, but then when she goes into talking about like, I, you know, I, as someone who is a musician who kind of like creates, uh, creates moods, creates like these different, like, yeah, creates like emotional spaces and stuff. That's like, that's a romantic thing to think about. Um, yeah, she does a really good job of just painting the the dark side of love and relationships and like the grander questions of like what to do like when with like partners and things like that. Um, she does a really good job of painting like a truthful view of what it looks like. So, no, that's um, yeah, that's a, a great point, and I totally agree. And um, you know, some of these lyrics, like uh, "My Baby Wants a Baby," for example, they're uh, sort of a commentary on um, how women are judged uh, unfairly. 
Um, and so like a, yeah. one of the lyrics on the opening track uh, kind of stood out to me in that way too. It said, so I went to the park just to watch the little children. The mother saw my heels and they said I wasn't welcome. And it's this sort of, you know, shaming of uh, women mm-hmm. who live a certain type of lifestyle that doesn't conform to how she's quote unquote supposed to live. Um, and so, mm-hmm. you know, and this is like, uh, this sort of theme is not new to St. Vincent. I mean, she changes up her aesthetic from album to album, but um, she's very consistent with her messaging. And, um, you know, that that's part of why I like her so much as a songwriter. She's able to mm-hmm. convey uh, certain topics um, in drastically different ways uh, from one album to the next. Um, and so, and she can get um, pretty... I, I mean, these these are serious, but I guess she can get pretty dark as well. Like on the song, yeah, uh, the Laughing Man, which has this sort of dark yeah. energy to it. I really like it. It's kind of hard to describe the uh, atmosphere of this song, but it's a tribute to a friend who passed. And I really like the lyric: yeah. "If life's a joke, then I'm dying laughing." But she can get pretty dark, even for an album yeah. that's sort of glamorous. Um, so I really like that aspect of this record too. It does it does have like some edge here and there. She does a really good job too of like um, kind of putting on like this like very wry sense of humor while she's facing up to these really kind of serious uh, subjects like mortality and you know just like especially on the Laughing Man. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of interesting to. Because she never loses the cool that you feel at the first, you know, at the first part of the record, um, even when she's talking about serious stuff. So it's it's kind of this interesting yeah. feeling of like this vulnerable feeling and this like uh, thought provoking lyricism and things like that, and really beautiful elements to it. But like, and she just flips it. At, on a, on, she flips it really quickly into being like, "Oh yeah, she's also like a badass and super cool too." Right, and she can she can do super groovy, funky, cool stuff and like, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, the more I talk about it, the more like I think that it's a really cool album. Yes. Um. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, and, and you know, we, uh, I guess for the past few minutes at least we've gotten pretty heady and maybe a little dark maybe a little content heavy but it's worth noting this is a a pop record and Mm -hmm. this particular pop record is often very colorful and fun um like the song down i think is just so catchy and uh, i love the just the energy of this song there's plenty of other songs here too that just have this like you can enjoy it as a kind of surface level pop song actually most tracks i would say uh even some of the more mellow songs i think you can appreciate on a very surface level um kind of like uh what's it at the holiday party which has this uh you know it reminded me of Joni mitchell and then this must be fairly Mm -hmm. obvious because then i watched the fantano review and he said the same thing and then i saw a reddit comment that also said it reminded them of uh Joni mitchell (laughs) yeah so so this is very much Joni mitchell um (laughs) But even uh, a smoother, kind of laid-back, coffeehouse-type vibe, um, y- you know, it- it's it's a song that 
it's about how hiding your sadness actually kind of ends up revealing how sad you are to people, uh, which is a pretty interesting topic mm. to me and one worth yeah. exploring. But it's enjoyable sonically on the surface as well. And so she, she marries those two things frequently throughout the record. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that the biggest, you know, as I'm thinking about this and I'm like, what, what is it that I'm not thrilled about? Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is just the um, sporadicness of the record stylistically, and like the fact or the the yeah yeah the fact that there seems to be some level of conceptual nature to the um, instrumentation and production, but I, I still don't understand what it is by the end of it, other than uh, it sounds kind of retroy. I, I and, see. you know the instrumentation in general is really pretty um i but i'm not i'm not left with like a super satisfied like idea of how i've i, I don't know i'm not, yeah i'm not left with a super satisfied idea of like what this what the instrumentation was supposed to give me um, other than like when I listen track to track, I'm generally liking what I'm hearing. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's not impacting me in the way that I was, that I think that it was supposed to, I don't know. It seems kind of nitpicky when I'm saying it, but no, I, in like the first time or two that I listened to this, I sort of felt similarly and i'm not trying to be this like hey just keep listening man you'll get it but uh yeah <laughs> for me because for me at least like the more i've listened true. like the more i've listened to this album the more i've kind of started to get it um and i, I well i think i have i've started to kind of at the very least uh the sort of nitpicks i have have become more and more minor uh, as i've continued to listen and i've sort of yeah. uh just kind of embraced this sort of because again the sequencing it it is kind of all over the place and that was very distracting the first couple times and it still is to an extent um and there's like does the intro song even belong on this album i don't know i mean it's not even a bad song but it's just i don't know if it belongs so i don't know yeah there's elements like that to it that uh yeah i'm like i don't know like some of the more groovy um I don't even like dislike the first track mm-hmm. that much. Um, it's definitely the most like groovy, like kind of just flashy pop song on here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll use it as an example. Like even even elements like or even uh, yeah, these elements to the album, these more groovy, cool um, kind of like owning your shit type of moments. I don't think are bad. I think are really cool, but I don't know like what place they have in, in context with some of the rest of the stuff on here. It kind of just feels like they're thrown in there um, just for flash. Yeah. And uh, her previous records are, I would say far better with this kind of gripe mm -hmm. we're having. Um, And so this is sort of new to me, but like when I think of St. Vincent, the, the self-titled record, I mean. Uh, that, to me, has a very clear, distinct style to it. 
as does Strange Mercy, as does Mass Seduction, which I don't like as much as this album, but I at least I think it commits harder to one type of sonic direction. Uh, yeah. Where this... Kind of that, like, glam glam style, like, over-the-top, like, yeah. E- exactly. And, um, you know, that that's something I can't necessarily say about this album, but the individual pieces, I think, are often like some of her best work. Uh, so I, I'm kind of conflict, like that's sort of my main complaint. And I think it sounds like it might be yours too. Um, but it ends yeah. up not being a huge killer for me. So, yeah, I think that I'm like, it's less for me now than maybe it was at first, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe this will grow on me the more I listen to it through, throughout the year. If I, because I, I definitely think like I'm compelled to go back to it. So okay, awesome. Yeah, I, I'm excited yeah. to see it live. Um, uh, I yeah. I love this album. I love that there's a lot of sitar on this album. Just a totally left field decision, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of left field decisions on this album that I think are pretty great. But I, I have mentioned just a couple complaints here, but I've also mentioned that uh, I've enjoyed the album with pretty much every subsequent listen. So as far as my rating goes, I'm kind of in this weird spot where I, w- I would say I'm at a high eight right now. Um, but if you were to ask me like in a week or two, I might be at a nine. Uh, I'm, wow. ass- I'm assuming it'll continue to grow on me, but perhaps it won't. So I'm going to you know, t- be as honest as I can at this present moment. I'm giving it an eight, but uh, you know we'll see what happens when it comes list time. Nice, yeah, that's awesome. I yeah, love it. I, I do enjoy this album, and I think that uh, it's one of the more interesting projects that I've heard this year. Honestly, like there's some of the some moments on this are have some of the most interesting. Excuse me, um, yeah, moments musically that I've heard all year. Um, it's just that there's quite a few moments that I'm like just don't make sense to me in context with some of the other more beautiful like yeah beautiful interesting moments on here Mm -hmm. it's a really cool album I I do really like the uh, I, I appreciate this kind of retro like city rock yeah. type of theme to it i guess um but and and i do like the fact that like even when i'm starting to get lost conceptually um as to like what direction this is going in there's some interesting psychedelic um or just like peaceful instrumentation break that like comes through and like just kind of brings me back into it and you know it oh it's either that or it's like her songwriting which is just at some points on this like absolutely heartbreaking and uh generally very thought-provoking too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um like even when it's not like super sad she's got a lot of like perspective and interesting ideas about things and um the way that she the way that she uh presents them is just very thought-provoking and I, I do really appreciate that about this album so i'm gonna be going back to it okay and good this might grow on me through the year too I, I i could definitely see it but i i could see it like kind of staying where it's at too right now so mm-hmm. um 
generally very pleased with this. Uh, not blown away. Seven out of ten. Seven? Hater. Hater. That's guess, how we do it here. Guess you're not coming to the concert with me, huh? <laughs> you get canceled in this PC culture. That's right. Unbelievable. <laughs> Give it a seven out of ten. Canceled. Oh, my gosh. Um, hey, a seven is higher than the uh, Pitchfork score, at least. So, at least there's that. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah, it, it's something. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Love me the Pitchfork crowd. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I don't want to get on a huge soapbox here, and I, I, I you know, I don't want to sound like a St. Vincent stan either, even though I kind of am, but um, if you read the review, it's not a great, it's not a well-done review, I guess is what I'll say. Um, so feel free to read that on your own time if you'd like, but there was plenty of controversy about it, and uh, St. Vincent Twitter was all over it, so, yes. Yeah. I love that, you know, and anytime Pitchfork gets a good takedown, like, even though if I'm feeling kind of similarly, yeah. uh, I, anytime Pitchfork gets a good takedown, it's, it's kind of nice to see. Yeah, <laughs> and if they feel 6 out of 7, or 6.7 out of 10 about it, that's fine, but I... They, Absolutely ridiculous. They should have gone that point three up, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um... It wasn't great. So, okay, uh, let's move on to um, our final album of the day, or we could just end the podcast here, whatever you're thinking. <laughs> Honestly, we may as well. So, um, yeah, the, the final album we're discussing today is Delta Cream by the Black Keys. Um, let's see. Yes, here, okay, I had to find my notes, because um, I there was a lot to talk about with this album, so I wrote down a load of notes. Um, yeah, yeah, I had to open up a whole new document in order to <laughs> write, talk about this one. <laughs> so uh, the Black Keys are an Akron, Ohio-based blues rock duo consisting of former basketball players Dan Auerbach. <laughs> uh, Dan Auerbach is the vocalist, guitarist, and uh, drummer Patrick Carney. Um, who, shout out to Patrick Carney and his uncle Ralph Carney for the uh, BoJack Horseman intro theme, which is some of mm-hmm. my favorite work from him in the past few years. Um, Delta Cream yeah, is yeah, right. uh, Delta Cream is the band's newest album, but in a way, it's not new at all, uh, given that it solely features covers of classic blues songs. Um, at fifty-four minutes in length, Delta Cream is the longest truck commercial in history. Wait, how did that get here? Um, <laughs> it currently has a Metacritic rating of 75 out of 100, uh, as did the J. Cole record. Um, it is the 10th album from the Black Keys, but we have never actually discussed this band at length on the Under the Scope podcast. So, Patrick, how do you feel about the Black Keys? I'm sure nothing but positive thoughts. And how do you feel about <laughs> Delta Cream? All right, let's talk about these geniuses here for a minute. I, I kind of like... <laughs> I really like a couple of their records, but I mean it's it's been a minute since I've really enjoyed yeah. a Black Keys record. So, dude, uh, I'm I I'm gonna say this too. Like honestly, like when I think about the Black Keys and I think about like Brothers, mm-hmm. which is really like the only Black Keys album that stood out for me. Um, yeah, even then. <laughs> now looking back on it, I'm like, were they really good? Or <laughs> just because nobody was really doing blues rock at the time, Ooh. and they just kind of came in, and you know, the brothers has some still kind of like 
musically very interesting moments to it and um i think that in this this album too like technically speaking it's probably great yeah yeah you know but like jesus like <laughs> i fell asleep the first time that I was it's it's pretty that was my biggest takeaway too this is just yeah so I, boring so boring it's just like you know I, there's there is some bias here like i'm generally not like huge on just the straight up commitment to blues rock retro rock especially now you know like yeah. i love listening to like some early led zeppelin um and some Jimi hendrix occasionally and but like that's kind of it. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah. my biases are there, but like, I don't know why we decided to do this. It's <laughs> like, even in the context of like all of that, it's like, this is just, this is just so boring. I, like, it, even if I'm, even if I'm thinking, you know, in the blues mood, you know, yeah, in like a classic rock blues mood, I'm like, this is some of the most boring just whatever type of rock that I've heard, you know, in a long time. <laughs> it's it's so wallpaper. It's incredible. I uh, so my big disclaimer: if yours is that you're just kind of out on this sort of genre for the most part, um, my big disclaimer here, and maybe you're in the same boat, but these are all cover songs, and yeah, I, that's yeah. I have not heard any prior versions of these songs like this is my first exposure to i think every song on the album yep. so i'm not going to be my criticism of this album is not going to be like oh well the original version of the song is so good and the black keys screwed it up you know because i can't say you know i don't know i haven't heard the uh original songs and i don't have a huge working knowledge of classic blues music anyway um, mm -hmm. these songs are mostly by Junior Kimbrough, but they also feature songs by, uh, R.L. Burnside, Mississippi Fred McDowell, Big Joe Williams, names I've kind of heard about here and there, but, uh, I can't say I've gone out of my way to listen to them. But that said, yeah, this, this album is pretty boring. And I think a counterpoint, not that anyone like goes out of the way to kind of argue with me about my takes <laughs> uh, other than you but um <laughs> i think a counterpoint to me saying that this album is boring is that well it's a covers album you know the these are the songs yeah. and so i just kind of want to make this clear um a, a characteristic of like classic blues music is that it's sort of repetitive and some of the songs are pretty similar to each other. And that ends up being a pretty big negative as far as this album is concerned. And so I get that that's like an aspect of some traditional blues music. But that doesn't make it enjoyable for me, especially over the course of 54 minutes. They, yeah. all, they did not, the Black Keys did not have to release an album of blues covers in the first place. They did not have to pick these specific songs to cover. And they also did not have to cover these songs in more or less the same style every single time. Um, and so yep. my criticism of this album, because I haven't heard the original tracks, is not about the original tracks. It's the Black Keys picking these tracks and not reworking them in a way that's interesting or fun 
or yeah. lively at all. Um, so that, yeah. that's ultimately kind of where I'm at. <laughs> that is that is a really good that is a really good uh, that's a really good point. Yeah, because <laughs> it's it's hard it's hard sometimes for me to like criticize because I'm like I I don't want my own like personal preferences to get in the way mm-hmm. for what I'm expecting out of this album, but like. You know, and also it's like they seem to do this album just because they love this style of music and they love like these songs. Um, so they just kind of wanted to, yeah, just probably have a blast making this record and not take it like too seriously and just kind of, you know. And I kind of like that. They're, I, I kind of like that about it. Yeah, they're they're both like very technically like proficient i mean like sonically speaking it's not it's not bad by any means but it's just so boring like i i i i can appreciate like the fact that they really seem to love like this style of music and they're just doing it because they want to do it and they don't really you know they don't really need to be doing anything more than just covering some of their favorite artists that's fine but listening to it like for me was just like such a slog it was just like so i i'm i like that they like it but i don't really like what they're doing you know what i mean it's yeah like they're they're certainly talented musicians uh especially for former basketball players they're pretty good Uh, (laughs) right yeah and so my criticism isn't even like the instrumentation's bad or the vocals are bad uh, like they're fine like they're it's exactly what i expected it to be exactly yeah and i think many fans are going to be happy with this record um but similar energy throughout very little progression if any in these songs and the ending song is just the same the intro <laughs> song again but you could have pulled that with like any song on here and i would have bought it <laughs> once you've heard one song on this album you've heard them all uh, and that's that's it's like the a, issue. It's like the freaking like song that never ends. <laughs> it really isn't. I'm just like there's moderate change ups. And to be fair, uh, Cold Black Maddie, which is like the sixth song on here, finally has like an energy change, and it's more classic, like Brothers era Black Keys has that feel to it, I guess. Um, but man, for the most part, it has just it's this not like that far of a departure though. <laughs> no, it's, it's really not. It's really not. And that's that maybe that's me kind of grasping a little bit, but for the yeah. most part, this album has this sort of, uh, Southern biker bar dive bar quality yeah. to it. Yeah. Just bar band, just bar band sound to it. Yeah. Yeah. If, uh, if the off season is like the 2k background album, this is the like biker bar background album. Um, yeah. Which to me is sounds less fun. Oh, definitely, because I don't like biker bars, and I kind of like to like yeah. I, I'll play two K, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that that's, that is exactly right. Like I I feel similarly with similarly like uh, at the end of it as I do to J Cole, but like the difference is that like at least I like playing two K. <laughs> this one i'm like i don't want to go to this like smoky biker bar and no no i mean you know not along not along to a a blues rock band that i can't decide whether they're actually good or not seriously yeah no and like i'm 
I'm looking it's at my notes. It's got me like in a zombie state listening to this album, basically. <laughs> my motivation to take any notes died progressively uh, throughout the album. <laughs> like on the first song, I have like five yeah. bullet points. And not that they're like the best bullet points of all time. I just put like, oh, this one sounds solid enough. But there, <laughs> but there's like, <laughs> there's at least five bullet points. But by the time I get to the final three songs... It's just one bullet point on these, and one of them just says, just end the album, this is too long. <laughs> and then one of them is just, I'm snoozing. Yeah. So, I don't know, it's... It, yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly right. Okay, well, then, let's, let, let's just talk about real quick, like, the Black Keys in general. Yeah, sure. Because, like, I think that maybe you're a bigger fan, I mean, it's hard to say, I th- of the Black Keys yeah. than I am. I, th- um, I kind of am. But I haven't really honestly kept up with their work since um, El Camino, because I think I listened to the song or the album after El Camino, and that's, uh, I think, kind of when I realized, like, oh, maybe artistically they've peaked. Uh, yeah, and so, so like, maybe, let's rock. Yeah, so, right, I was like, uh, it, yeah, wasn't, wasn't the whole thing with Let's Rock kind of like this, in that they were kind of paying homage to, like, a particular older trying to keep yeah. rock alive type of uh, mm-hmm. thing. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was just like, just straight up like electric guitar. Uh, oh, I see. Kind of like paying, they were just kind of like, yeah, paying like homage to the electric guitar I on see. an album. It, which, which is... Like, were you not doing that before? That, that's like, real, that's real. Which is fun, but it's like, I'm not much of a, uh, a guitar head type of person. So like, that's not um, my interest i guess but i i like some of their earlier work like magic potion it's more i guess it's raw there's like a raw energy to it and i like that aspect of it and i think brothers is still probably my favorite record of theirs because they one there's a lot more variety on that album especially compared to this one and um you know two i think danger mouse really kind of helped with like making it like it has these like pop sensibilities to it but yeah. um but as you said or at least implied, is Brothers still great, or was I just 18, you know? So I don't know, I would have to listen to it again, <laughs> but... Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, I, you know, when I think about it, yeah, I mean, that Danger Net Mouse production really helps out, and it mm-hmm. really keeps things fresh and exciting. Um, maybe it's more of a question of, like, were the Black Keys ever supposed to be as good as brothers kind of like set them up to be yeah you know, it's kind of this interpol question of like you know i don't think brothers has, is as good by any means as turn on the bright lights right. but career trajectory wise it kind of seems like a similar <laughs> fashion where they release that you know interpol releases turn on the bright lights it's an incredible album people are like so excited about them and then just like kind of the same stuff, but much worse and much more boring from there on out. Yeah, I kind this of think kind of a kind of a similar issue. I feel like with Black Keys, and I think some of it is just people being excited that there's like finally a new good rock album again that pretty much everyone can kind of get behind. And so there's this sort of yeah. like, oh, well, rock music is back. And then as they put out more records, it's like, oh, maybe they just kind of had, like, maybe that was it. Maybe that, <laughs> so. Yeah. So then they get kind of anointed maybe as these, like, saviors of rock. And then that puts, like, way too much hype on them. And then, Yeah. So, it, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's some of that. Uh, yeah, that's but. exactly, I think, the point. Because, like, people even do that now with, like, Greta Van Fleet. And, like, oh, 
They don't even have like a brothers. That's the thing. Or a turn on the back yeah, lights. exactly. Yeah. Like the Blackies are at least much more like interesting in their own right and have more appreciation for rock as a genre than I think anybody in Greta Van Fleet does. So it's yeah, I think it, it might be part of this fan base. Might be part of like people just get a whiff of you know real rock. Yeah. coming back into like the mainstream or indie world or something like that in a big way and they just get way too excited i think that's kind of maybe some of what i can't really get behind with the black keys is i feel like a lot of their energy is very much like rock music is like sacred to them and it seems important to them to like carry on the legacy of rock music and i just kind of do not care like to me the black keys yeah black keys fans are the types to be like why do the grammys snub rock music every year you know yeah it's just sort of that vibe i get from their fans which isn't necessarily fair to the band itself but i kind of get a little bit of that vibe from the band itself too so yeah a little bit yeah i i i think i get that too um yeah i yeah because it's there's this unwillingness to explore like new ideas honestly like there's they're kind of like they're going into all of these you know different genres of rock that are essentially the same thing like psychedelic rock Mm -hmm. oh blues rock oh now we're gonna do an album based off the electric guitars like okay all this stuff is like the exact same stuff and has been done like in genius ways yeah countless times before you guys so like you know they're setting themselves up for for failure in that way already but then it's also like you know the unwillingness to kind of explore outside of it and and you know i think that they probably take on the the role of you know saviors of rock to some extent too because why else would you release how many albums is this their 10th album it is their 10th uh, studio album yeah so they're releasing 10 albums that are essentially the same exact like you know we're bringing rock back type of uh vibe to it so yeah you know maybe maybe part of the responsibility is on them to realize like you know look you guys are not zeppelin like you're not gonna like change the face of rock music forever you know what i mean like i'm not i'm not trying to like I don't know. It, it, I'm not trying to put that pressure on them to be that. I again, I think that for the most part, they probably just love doing this stuff, and they're yeah. just having a blast. And they're kind of just these old heads that just really like jamming out and playing music. But you know, but I don't have to ten like albums of this. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I think God, can we get something new? Like. I, I think part the of the only pro- reason that we're talking about them mostly is because the fans like have just such a strong yeah. base support base to them. So yeah, I think kind of when you're when a part of your stick is um, like you're paying homage to like older music long gone, you kind of sound stale because you're just more or less doing that style, but a sound that whether it's worse or better or not, everyone's just kind of already heard it. It's possible to make very good rock music now, and it's very possible to make very good 70s-inspired music now. St. Vincent yeah. just did that. Yeah. And so yeah. 
Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, like rock music, the whole like is rock music dead or, or whatever. Uh, you know, this is a this could be its own podcast if we really wanted to. But like, it, mm-hmm. rock isn't dead, but it, it's like seventies rock music is kind of dead. Like you kind of have to keep yeah. progressing on a genre. Uh, like car seat headrest yeah. is rock music, and like they sound kind of nothing like seventies or eighties rock bands. But the Black Keys do to a fault because I don't think they're progressing enough on the sounds. And so that's kind of ultimately, yeah. 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 I mean, one of the biggest pop artists in the world is Ed Sheeran. Yep. You know, and yeah. like, you know, I know that like black keys fans probably would like projectile vomit if I called him rock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's a, but like he is he is a, a product of the rock genre yeah and, and it's, it's like he might have more like brit pop influence but like and that's the thing it's like a progression it's like a, a you know he's taking influence from other genres and stuff like it's not my thing but he yeah. you know oh yeah this is not <laughs> this is not an ed sheeran yeah <laughs> By the way, let's talk about Ed Sheeran. Yeah. <laughs> but but I don't get the feeling Ed Sheeran is trying to just basically recreate music that already happened 40 years ago, you know? Um, yeah, that's true. At least I'm getting some level of, like, you know, fresh. It's modern. Yeah, it might yeah. be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't mind it. It just kind of seems like there's kind of a sadness to listening to these albums, honestly, because yeah. I'm just yeah. like... It's like this kind of like, oh, remember when music was music type of mentality. Yeah. It, it, that, um, yeah. It, I'm not saying that the Black Keys are necessarily like that. You know, they, they might be like super cool guys that are like totally into like modern pop and things like that. But like, sure. You know, judging off of the music that they that they put out, it's kind of like, oh my God, like, can we get a little bit of, like there's so much more there's so much interesting stuff that you can pull from in today's era of music i'm like and there's so much interesting stuff that you can pull out of the 70s 60s you know era that they're that they're going back to on this like why do we need to rehash this in a more in a much more watered down way like yeah if you want to save rock music you do it by like like what saint vincent did by or uh or like even like what the new strokes album did which you know it, it yeah. took some throwback sounds but it like modernized it you know yep. if 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 i come out with an album if i create an album and it's literally just me kind of like impersonating stevie ray vaughn but like only 75 percent is good am i really saving rock music i don't think so <laughs> i'm just kind of yeah. putting more out there so i don't know but yeah uh, this has been this has been great. This has been great, but we do kind of have to wrap up, unfortunately. Um, so, did you have any final thoughts on this Black Keys album, or the Black Keys in general, or rock music saviors? <laughs> to stop trying to save rock by doing the same exact thing over and over again. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Mic drop. That... Yeah, tell them how it is. <laughs> <laughs> In this PC culture, we tell it how it is. <laughs> Canceled again. The rock. <laughs> um, th- I, I this is a break. This is a three out of ten. <laughs> oh, I'm going two out of ten. Oh, shit, I thought about it. 
but <laughs> the thing is, I can't even say it sounds bad. That's ultimately what it is. Is like it rarely exactly. sounds bad. So like okay. I can't. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. So that's kind of where I'm at. But that's an average of two and a half. I mean, wow. Uh, so brief recap: J. Cole, we give a five out of ten. Uh, Saint Vincent, we give a eight, uh, seven and a half out of ten. I'm not. God, I kind of want to make it a nine. Maybe later. Um, and then the Black Keys, uh, the good old two and a half out of ten. But rock music was saved, so we're good. Um, Patrick, two and a half. thank you for joining me. Um, this was fun. Uh, thank you all for listening. Yep. And, uh, you know, we've got, I mean, quarter two's coming up pretty soon, but, you know, maybe we'll squeeze in another pod before that. I guess we'll find out um, at that time. But, uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. I hope you have a great day. Goodbye. <laughs>